Welcome to the Evolution Show. I'm Johan Landgren. I hope you're great. If you're new to the show, I'm a full-time investor and writer in sustainable tech. And here on the Evolution Show, I invite pioneering leaders and companies to talk about renewable energy, smart transport solutions, and sustainable living. And I can't think of anything more cool and inspiring than today's guest that has built what many have said could not be done. How about a large modern house that runs completely off-grid, using only solar power and hydrogen storage, in a cold country like Sweden? The house has been operating off-grid for almost 8 years, and it's drawing a lot of attention in Sweden as well as internationally. Join me for a fully loaded episode with the amazing engineer and entrepreneur Hans Olof Nilsson. You definitely don't want to miss this conversation. But before we get going, if you like the episode and you want to support the show, give it a thumbs up and consider subscribing. As always, stay ahead of the curve and stay electric. This is the Evolution Show. Welcome to the Evolution Show, Hans Olof Nilsson. Thank you, will be an interest. Yeah, you are a true pioneer in, in your field and I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Some people even call you Mr. Hydrogen. Um, and yeah, and we will soon find out why. Because you have built an extremely unique house and it runs on solar energy combined with hydrogen and it's completely off-grid and it has attracted a lot of attention both here in Sweden but also internationally. So if we start with you, can you tell us about your background and what led you to build this really inspiring solar and hydrogen house? Okay, yes, um, my background or let's say my education is in the electrical field, I'm an electrical engineer and um, the reason for building this house that was uh, we got the opportunity for about 10 years ago to build a new house and then I told myself or my wife now we are going to build that house that everyone is talking about but no one is doing and also saying it's not possible uh, and then with regarding uh, energy from the sun so I, I, uh, my interest is, of course, energy has always been, and to and soon or, or almost immediately, I saw that shall this work in Sweden for four to five months from let's say October to March when we have the winter season. Um, I need to, in some way, to store energy from the summer to the winter season, and to use batteries for that was not the solution because of that quite some about I need to store about 6,000 kilowatt hours and to do that in batteries would just uh, kill the project wouldn't be feasible for me regarding cost of batteries and also size I mean the size the batteries takes so that was to that was to then see how can it be done and that was of course in to use hydrogen and that was new for me 10 years ago and when I started 2012 and I had to learn a lot to read about it. To to there was a lot of articles and, and some laboratory experiments, etc. But again, this what I needed was in reality. So that was to find suppliers or components, 
and that was also took half a year or more because no one very few only one is in Sweden all the others are outside Sweden so finally when I found all the components I um, uh, thought I need to take some help from consultants to how mm. can this be done consultants are very skilled in their profession uh, and I in, in its individual profession and uh, I needed more or less five or six different skills and consultants as such cannot work together I mean I needed I needed a system mm-hmm. where all these the different uh, skills is uh, interfaces with each other and that was the the thing that I had to actually learn myself and do myself so yeah eventually the house was put together uh, all the technique was installed uh, and um, yeah. in march 15 the grid was disconnected because then the sun started to appear with uh, mm. with power enough to charge batteries and uh, start to produce hydrogen I mentioned batteries. I do have batteries for the short term mm-hmm. for each night, one example. Mm-hmm. And when there are power peaks in the house uh, from kitchen hardware and so on, or charging the electric vehicle, uh, I need uh, as, um, I need power and that what batteries can deliver. Huh? Yeah, we'll come back to that. It's fantastic. Uh, first of all, I have to say, I mean, you, you were really early with electric car. You had a, a Tesla Roadster uh, back in 2009, I think. And we got that one in September. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, that, it came two Roadsters at that time in September. One for me and one for a, a customer up in Linköping, Lin I think it was. Yeah. So you must be one of the absolute first here in Sweden and actually in the world. Very few in the world had a Tesla Roadster at that time. Or in 2009, September, that was quite uh, unusual, yeah? But that yeah, was, yeah. That was an interesting yeah. time, I would say. Yeah. Today, yeah. battery cars or electric cars, is, you see them everywhere. So yeah. nothing, yeah, it's no. just uh, yeah. ma- mainstream today. Yeah, so just for people to know, I mean, you re- you've been early in in several ways, not only with this. So so I can I, it came I think it came natural for you to try new things and and things like that. So, yeah, to yeah. someone must do it. Uh, and yeah. it's nice to be uh, to do it. Yeah, it's interest who is the driver. I mean, yeah, yeah, So on other things. Yeah. I'm, I think you, I'm, I, I think in very similar ways, Hans. Uh, uh, I think if you have the opportunity to do something and, and you're curious, I think you should do it uh, to, to show others that you can and, and inspire others. And yeah, I yeah. fully agree that if yeah. if, you, if the resources are there, yeah. do yeah. it then. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah. 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 And when when I pre- prepared this conversation. Um, I came to the conclusion that the energy solutions that you and your company Nilsson Energy has developed, it is not only a pioneer, it's not only pioneering, but it could become a game changer for housing as well as commercial buildings and energy storage in general. Uh, in ways I don't think most people have realized. Could you share some of the companies that have visited your house? and that are interested in this kind of solar and hydrogen solutions. We will soon talk about the specific house, but just for people to get an idea about what, what you, where you are now and where we're going with this. 
you know, the, the interest has been really huge, uh, to say so. Uh, from we uh, came off grid uh, in uh, spring 2008, uh, 2015, uh, that, of course, I never publish anything on, on uh, Facebook or any of these medias, but they, they people got aware of this and showed a huge interest in this and asked, can we come have a visit, etc. Yes, I said, yes, you are welcome. And, uh, and that just increased a lot. So up to February 2020, uh, I, uh, the visitors passed 6,500. So more than 6,500 people visit the house. In, more than a bit more than four years it's a huge huge interest and um, some of them also became customers uh, to to a system like that they asked me when i was as a private person can you can you build that for us and then i said yes i can and okay then i want to buy a system from you and by getting such a question, some uh, question and, and that opportunity, the company Nilsson Energy needed uh, was started up. Yeah, and and uh, so okay, but if we start with this amazing house, we have to talk about it. And uh, it's it's a 500 square meter house, uh, and uh, it has a huge solar power system uh, on the south facing roof, and also solar thermal system for heating. And you also have pan panels on the southern and eastern facing walls, uh, some west, at least. West, west, west. Sorry, west. So yeah, south and west. Yes. So can you, if you start with the outside of the building, uh, can you tell us about the solar and ter thermal system? Yeah, on the roof facing south, uh, it's fully covered by PV panels and also the solar panels. Solar panels is used for heating water. That was still quite common in 2012 but uh, today it's very seldom used but i did it because i wanted to integrate all available energy systems at that time like solar solar heat and uh, photovoltaic as pv panels so the the roof is fully covered and uh, the facade or sidewall outer sidewall facing south do have panels integrated in the in the wall, also the west side integrated, so they have a, like, two functions. They are a PV panel and then uh, also a uh, cover or what we should. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, in total, it's not that much. It's 20 kilowatt installed capacity on the roof and uh, three kilowatt installed in the two facades. Mm. And the solar thermal also is 13. Solar yeah. thermal is, uh, uh, it's more, you have to say, it's 20 square meters. 20 square meters, oh, wow. And they produce, yeah. uh, have done since it was installed, in an average of 6,000 kilowatt hours of uh, heat. Mm. That's, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so let's move on to talk about the heart of the house, the interior, the, in, the energy system, I would say, as you, as you clear, clearly stated. Yeah, so... Uh, we talked with the solar panels, so perhaps we could just uh, talk a little bit, start with the inverters and the battery system. If you like, you could start there and, and move, guide us. Uh, yeah, we, I, I can uh, take a step-by-step step 
explanation. So, uh, I mean, uh, the panel is on the roof. Um, so I have two inverter systems yeah. and two battery systems. So it's a uh, double up. So in normal cases, both systems are delivering energy to the house. But if one system, why I did it in two systems was that if one system fails, the other one will most probably operate. Huh? We are not doing that today. Uh, uh, two systems because uh, components and systems are very, very reliable. Huh? So it's, uh, but for me, I did it just because no one should tell me what did I say? It won't work. Huh? You have problems with the system, but uh, no. So that is inverters, um, solar inverters, battery chargers is there and also uh, it's a, a bi-directional inverter so it can both charge the battery and discharge the battery during say night time or high power peaks when uh, mm -hmm. so uh, that is uh, inverter bi-directional inverters charging and discharging batteries so that is what operating every day mm. and uh, and then when solar energy not is enough normally or then during the summer a lot of hydrogen has been produced so when solar does not deliver like a day today when i'm here at one o'clock today the the daylight and the the battery state of charge was down to minimum then the fuel cell starts up and charge the batteries uh, because all energy goes over the battery banks the batteries are always in the picture yeah so um, yeah so yeah and the batteries just for people to understand you choose to build a very big battery pack and you had a reason for that and so perhaps you could just explain the size and why you built build this, this system yes the battery I mean, sometimes I do get the question, what what is what has failed or what is what is, have you noticed what, what could be better? And that is the batteries. When it was new installed, I used lead acid batteries. The reason for that was cost. Mm -hmm. Lead acid was much much lower cost than lithium batteries for ten years ago. So that it was an easy choice, but I wasn't maybe not too well. I didn't understand that, or I was not told that lead batteries can just handle a, a certain number of uh, uh, discharge and charge cycles, charging daytime, discharge nighttime, and uh, and lead batteries do have about seventeen, eighteen hundred charging cycles and after that they are done mm -hmm. not that they will fall apart but the uh, they don't store energy they cannot accumulate energy when they are charged so they were and that lead acid battery i installed the total capacity was 144 kilowatt hours mm -hmm. a lot <laughs> that's a lot yes quite a lot yeah <laughs> huge battery you know it was uh, the house consumes in average uh, 20 or uh, about 25 kilowatt hours per full day mm -hmm. which yeah. meant that with uh, 144 if i mean the, the house could operate could be 
active in about four to five days no? on mm-hmm. batteries only. So yeah. you know, that, that was quite a big battery, uh, but that was used for powering the house, of course, but also, again, charging the vehicle. We have been driving electric vehicles for a long time, and mm-hmm. when you are home in the afternoon or night, the sun don't help a lot. I mean, it's no. so then you need to have energy in your house, especially me that don't have any grid. I must have energy in the house to charge the vehicle for next morning or so. Mm. So that was huge. Um, I also used some of the battery uh, <clears throat> to to operate to drive the electrolyzer, yeah. the unit that uh, yeah. splits yeah. water into hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah, and we can take we can maybe we can just continue with with that if you like. You can just explain what is an uh, how how does this electrolyzer and and also um, fuel cell work. Uh, together with with the hydrogen uh, tank yeah um i can um yeah again uh, to be able to be self-sufficient r- during winter season i need to store energy and a very efficient way to do that or a, a efficient let's say a, a way to do it that could be done inside a house uh, anyone can do it that is to use normal tap water it's it's a unit very basic, simply explained. It's a, it's a. Uh, you have a container or a, a bottle filled with water, and in that water, you put two electrodes. Uh, and the electrode could be by an iron nail. It could be copper, or it could be anything. If you have precious um, metal like platina, yeah. But again, you have you have a. Um, uh, a container with water, two electrodes in them, and when you when you connect plus and minus DC voltage to them, and you look into the um, container, you can see it starts to bubble around the electrodes, and around one, the bubbles consist of oxygen that is released to the outside, and around the other electrode, you have the hydrogen, mm. and that is the, and that's where the energy is uh, stored into the hydrogen. So the hydrogen is then collected by, it's collected and, and uh, moved, uh, piped to a compressor. And the compressor then compressed it. When it's stored in, in a pressure vessel, you need to build up the pressure to get as much as possible inside the, the, the vessel. So, Electrolyzer is water split into oxygen and hydrogen. Hydrogen is then moved by the compressor to a hydrogen storage container. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, and that container is outside the building. It's not in the with the rest of the equipment. All equipment is inside the house, except excluding the hydrogen storage, and that is just a safety issue. If if there should be a leak of some kind. It, it do leak outside uh, mm. the house and uh, it, uh, and again hydrogen is all energy gases are must be handled after the there um, yeah carefully or we yeah, are with secu- safety yeah, right yeah. yes and mm. Uh, mm. Uh, and to store it outside makes it takes a lot of risks away then yeah so it's it's stored outside all uh, the storage 
but everything else is inside the, the house. So again, this process to split the drinking water or tap water is fully automatic. Nothing I have to decide every day. It, the system handle that themso- it's itself. Yeah. yeah. So when there is so, exit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so during the winter, what you have done is basically you produce a lot of, generate a lot of electricity during the summertime and spring maybe uh, from your roof, and then you store uh, some of it, maybe half of it or something like that uh, for the winter. Or how much uh, do you generate? Uh, yeah. Um, a normal year here, I do, I do have excess solar energy, and that is about 15,000 kilowatt hours of solar is not used during the summer and that is then stored into hydrogen and it means that uh, if if it's in a, a year with uh, no problems and normal operation um i do store up to um, around 200 uh, it varies between 250 and 270 kilos of hydrogen 250 to 270 kilos. So all that 15,000 kilowatt hours of electricity is converted to hydrogen. Mm-hmm. And in kilowatt hours, how much is that? So people understand how much energy you have stored. About 8,000, 8, around 8 to 9,000 kilowatt hours is stored. Mm. So 15,000 so... is then due to efficiency and all that, it, it yeah. will be about nine, eight to 9,000 yeah. kilowatt hours in, in the storage in, 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 as hydrogen. And yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, and mm. the, so that's, yeah. Yeah. And, the and then, yeah. I mean, of course, there is a conversion loss uh, when you, uh, you, you make this hydrogen, but you are also making use some of it for heat. So it's not lost completely. You have some of it uh, in heat as well, and that goes into your uh, your 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 water tanks. Yeah, heating system. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Of the uh, to explain that of the fifteen thousand kilowatt hours of excess solar that mm-hmm. is converted, that process uh, creates about twenty percent of the fifteen thousand will be heat. Mm-hmm. So that heat is. Sto- is used by the house, so it's not a waste. It, it, it's used very welcome. I mean, mm-hmm. it, even though summer, do you need heat? Then yes, I do. You have warm water, for example. Yeah. yeah. During summer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so there is no difference summer or winter. And then also, it's quite common today that in your bathroom and toilets you have uh, tiles on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and that normally feels cold, even though it's the same temperature as the wood, wooden floor. It, you know, when you walk on it, it's it's cold. Yeah, and with that, you you can run the, the everything in the house. It's a normal house. You you told me you have the electric. You have two electric cars, even one or two. You have two electric cars. Or- we did have two. Now we have one. But yeah. even even with yeah. two, yeah. yeah. We, let's That's- say so. We are driving. Uh, we, uh, it, the car now is running about uh, 1500 miles or 150 kilometers per year yeah. when we had two cars it was twice that uh, yeah. amount yeah so but that yeah we can charge them as well from yeah. our own energy from 
our solar energy and yeah, stored solar yeah. energy. Yeah. See, just to move on a little bit, uh, you also, for people to understand, just to get the complete picture, you also have a, a regular heat pump, which is very common here in Sweden. Uh, I will also have one in my house that I'm designing uh, to complement the system. It's uh, it's all about efficiency. You put in one unit and you get about three maybe out, so it's it's still very efficient. And so people might wonder, why do you have a, a hydrogen uh, or a heat pump? But I guess that's just simply to you know, yeah, you can explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I need a heat pump also. Um, and uh, the thing is that during summertime, I have heat enough from the solar panels and from the electrolyzer. So it creates both heat and uh, warm water. That's fine. Mm. But then when we are shifting from, um, uh, say, summer down to winter, when uh, what happens in October, November, December, or so October, November? Mm-hmm. Then I have no production of hydrogen, no heat from that process, and and the fuel cell hasn't started to work hundred percent or so. So there is that leap between when we are shifting from summer to winter. There are a number of weeks where no heat is produced from the hydrogen system. And then I need to to run the compressor to create the uh, heat. Yeah, yeah. So mm. and and that and the, the compressor or the uh, heat pump creates um, uh, heat. Then let's say from November, no, around, let's say November. Then it's it must be active a couple of hours per day. And yeah. then when we are into December, when the fuel cell starts to produce electricity, it also produces heat and, mm-hmm. and quite a lot of heat. I mean, 50% if I need two kilowatts of electricity, the fuel cell also delivers two kilowatt of thermal heat. Yeah. yeah. So, and just, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. so when the fuel cell is active, I do have uh, heat again, but again, my fuel cell, or my, the, the fuel cell does not run 24 seven. I mean, it, op- it runs to charge the batteries and then it switches off. And then mm. if there is a need for heat, when the fuel cell has stopped, then the heat pump kicks in. Mm. Yes, I want to mention that you have three 1000 liter uh, water tanks or store uh, for, water, so for the heating system. And uh, as I understand uh, uh, why you have such a big ones uh, is because partly because you want to be able to heat uh, the yard outside uh, the building uh, and we in Sweden people understand this I mean we have a lot of snow uh, I'm even more north from you uh, so I have more snow than you so uh, yeah you can just explain briefly why you how these uh, heat tanks uh, uh, work uh, the heat tanks is for warm water uh, and that is yes for melting ice and snow on the outside of the house like in, in front of the door entrance, mm. the garage doors, or alter the runway into the house. So that's what it's used. So because the energy is there, I mean, mm. I collect it from the summer, and uh, and why not use it then for things no. that makes life easier? 
Yes. yes. It's fun. It's great fun. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I mentioned it also because people might think about this must be very expensive. You have so much redundancy in this system. And, but people must have in mind that when you designed it from the beginning, you were trying things out and you wanted to be very safe, very sure that you had everything in place in case of some failures or you know, so, so, but then, then of course, the obvious question for people is what kind of maintenance uh, or maybe issues have you have had during these almost eight years now that you have been off grid? Yeah, the, the biggest thing was to replace the batteries. You know, the lead batteries that uh, was, uh, that just last for about five years, six years. And that not, and that is the, the way lead batteries are, that's actually characteristics of lead batteries. Uh, but if you take that away, the batteries, because today we don't use lead, we are using lithium in all installations we are doing. Uh, in, in addition to that, um, the, the only maintenance so far is that our air filters, you know, the fuel cell sucks in air. And that is like an engine on a car. You have an air filter there to, to clean the air that goes into the, goes through the uh, filter. And, uh, but that's just a maintenance thing. Uh, and then the, uh, the water, I say the electrolyzer is used in drinking water or tap water. That's correct. But the water needs to be. And the ionized, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ionized. Yeah. Ionized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that filter has been replaced two times mm. and that's i think in swedish crowns it was a couple of thousand crowns per, per time per to 1800 crowns every yeah yeah, yeah. so for, for yeah so for americans that's maybe 150 dollars or 200 dollars or something like that Very yeah. Cost. yeah so yeah. that is actually that is the only maintenance cost that has been and mm. uh, or of course uh, like uh, hydrogen detectors, you know, they who are sniffing for uh, potential leaks and so on. Yeah, they yeah. need to be tested, of course. That is mm. not uh, a cost you don't replace so far. The sniffers I'm using do not need to have any components replaced. They just need to be controlled that they, that, that the sensi sensitive sensitivity is there, mm. right? that they yeah, react yeah. on on uh, different le levels. Mm -hmm. And is that something you have to look, you look yourself, or do you have help with that to, to well, check I, the... In my case, I do it myself because you can, yeah. Yeah, you can from the supplier of these sensors, they have these um, calibration gas, like mm -hmm. in a small uh, spray container. Mm -hmm. You just spray some of that gas onto them and they mm -hmm. should then react. If they don't, okay. they are out of calibration. And then, mm. of course, depending on uh, some uh, sensors are easy to calibrate yourself because they do mm. have a display. If they don't have that, mm. you need to connect the PC and then you need some software and so on to, to do that. So maybe in, I have, it's better to have a call it a professional doing it because you yeah. then writes a report to me, the sensor mm. is calibrated, it's operational. So just mm. in case, you know, yeah, yeah, things, yeah. No. But do you think how, how often do you have to check that? Is that in a couple of years uh, intervals uh, or? One year, 
once one time a year okay yeah yeah okay but uh, you've talked a lot about you share a lot of things from your house and but something that people of course want to know they think maybe this is fantastic and everything but how about costs? Uh, you built it eight years ago, and of course, many components have gone down in price. Some have even gone up a little bit lately, at least because of the inflation. Uh, when I think about the batteries, the lithium batteries, but over the years, from eight years from to, to now, they have obviously got, gone down a lot. Oh, yes. So, yeah, but everything, yes, as you said, costs have gone down. Batteries mm. are cheaper. Lithium are lower cost today than it was mm. 2012. Yeah, yeah. Uh, electrolyzers have dropped in price. The one that mm. uh, produce hydrogen compressor, no difference. It's a no. mature industry. They they have everything fine tuned, mm. so they they produce, and you don't see any drop in prices there. No. Uh, the uh, fuel cell, yes, they are going down in price as well mm. because they start to be more common in vehicles and other applications. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, batteries. Or PV panels for sure, they have been mm. uh, dropped in price. Yeah. Uh, batteries, lower cost, uh, electrolyzer, fuel cell. But what, and, and what's not dropping in price, that the compressor and the storage, mm. you know, the tr uh, pressure vessels for storing hydrogen. Yeah. That, yeah. that is also, as I said, a mature business or industry. And uh, they have, everything is fine tuned there. So they are doing, they are on top level of uh, performance and uh, efficiency. Yeah. But yeah. again, yes, it has um, uh, dropped. You mean, yeah, let's say so, the system I have. Uh, yes. yes. From yeah. top of the, I mean, PV panels all the way down to all the equipment in the basement and the storage. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was uh, in 2012 and uh, uh, it all was installed between 12 to 14, mm. it, it cost me then about uh, uh, two, uh, two and a half million Swedish crowns. Yeah, yeah. so two hundred fifty thousand dollars, we could say something like that. Yes, like today. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yes, and, yeah. And if the same thing would be done today, mm. it's, uh, it's below the the two million Swedish crowns. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, if they, as we do it today, I mean, I did more than needed. For an example, the batteries don't need to be that big. No. No, no in capacity, batteries, even though they lower cost, still they do they do cost. Yeah. yeah. So if you fine-tune the system and you don't need to have twin solar systems, like no. you just need one, mm. and the uh, battery size according to your need, what the house needs for the night, and... Mm how much you normally need to recharge your vehicle. So, yes, you, you, you can come below the two. And also, if they um, call it small, uh, the, the expensive part, the most expensive component of these 2.5 million or 2 million is still the storage. Yeah. That's the, hi the hydrogen storage. Yes. Hydrogen storage, correct. So, yeah. It's very essential that when a house, let's say if a new house is built, that put some extra effort into the insulation of the house. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's a low cost compared with, uh, uh, compared with building a, 
a bigger hydrogen storage, for example. Yeah. So it's much so low energy consumption of the house construction, and so that means that if you can drop, I mean, the storage I have is about eleven point five cubic meters water volume, or maybe it doesn't say so much, but there are 203 cylinders, 203 <laughs> pressure vessels in there, and they are, I mean, they are, it's, I bought them from China at that time, but they mm. are three, no, three and a half thousand Swedish crowns per cylinder. Oh, yeah. And we can, we can, yeah. We can come back to a little bit in the next episode to talk about that because you are working, I think, about uh, to to improve uh, to lower the cost for for the hydrogen uh, storage. So, but finally, uh, Hans, this was a fantastic. Uh, I learned a lot, and I, I hope people understand that this is uh, fantastic and and uh, has a huge potential. Uh, this kind of solution that you you already have today, and obviously, it has been working very well for you and your family. Uh, and we can also, uh, you know, uh, tell people that the costs are coming down, so they don't have to think that oh, oh, they really would like to have something like this, but it's too much. It costs too much for them. But I think in the, just in the next couple of years, we will see uh, the cost go down, uh, even for this kind of system. Um, uh, how much we'll see, but uh, I think it, it, I think it is. It has. Uh, it, it promise. It gives gives some promise for the future that this is. Uh, or even for today, for people that want to build it, it's possible. And also, I think if you look at the long term, I mean, if you do this investment, let's say one and a half million crowns, Swedish crowns, or one hundred fifty thousand dollars, something like that. Uh, I mean, if you look to live in this house for maybe thirty years, um, and we look at as I see the future, the energy cost is not coming down. On the opposite, I think we are reaching a new level that is. It's not uh, the, the top. I think it's more that the bottom or the new average, maybe. And so the cost will most likely go up here in Europe, and I, I expect it to go up in many other regions as well. Uh, so the payback time for a system like this might be much shorter than people think, um, because well, you don't have any electricity bills no, <laughs> at all. No, that is one no. thing, and then you have the redundancy. I mean, you are yes said uh, sufficient. You don't. You're not depending yeah. on too many external uh, resources, and exactly. again, when you're saying 1.5 million, that in, in some cases it's that people are pi is paying that for an, a high-level uh, electric vehicle. I mean, yes. easily. Good when point. Yes. If they can afford that, they could afford a energy system for their house as well. Huh? Yes. Yes. That saves money every day, and but it's not just money. It is that you are always have energy in your house. That yes. So, uh, I mean, it's yeah. um, what you call it uh, redundant, but also it's a secure system. Huh? You are yes. Always... Yes. Yeah. Your energy. Yeah, I mean, your yes, your energy independent, and that's uh, I think a very, very. I mean, for me personally, and I think for more and more people, with what's happening in the world right now, uh, it, it's uh, it feel it feels good uh, both for yourself and for the environment, but also for your for your wallet in the long term. You can feel you can you know that you have the energy you need. Um, so what? Yeah, yeah. 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 But thank yeah yeah.
Thank you so much, Hans Olof Nilsson. This was uh, fantastic uh, to to get a little bit a guide uh, from your house, and uh, I hope people are inspired. And in the next episode, we'll continue to talk about what your company, Nilsson Energy, is doing, because you're working on a number of very uh, inspiring projects um, for other, uh, not only um, households, but also for companies. So thank you, Hans. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was all for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. Tell me what you think about Hans Olof Nilsson's off-grid house in the comments below. And be sure to stick around next week when Hans Olof is back to share what he and his company Nilsson Energy is doing to commercialize off-grid solutions with solar power and hydrogen storage, with installations for everything from preschools to large companies and private customers and farmers. I think this is something that has the potential to completely change the energy market. And as always, before you go, if you like to support the show, give it a thumbs up and consider subscribing. I hope to see you next week. Bye.